show yesterday another great trip down to the station at the studios at wwdb there yesterday it was a great great trip the feedback was amazing i also got a couple of ideas going forward which i always appreciate that but everything came together really well and i'll tell you i mean if you didn't listen to the show and podcast from yesterday by now and you're listening to this i hope you go back and listen to the first one and i gotta tell you if you can you want to listen to the Monday show live on the streaming site there from WWDB. Uh, it's just a, it's a little, there's a little difference to it, I think, taking it in live. But anyway, whatever suits your flavor there, we provided streaming, we provide it on the AM local radio, and we put it out as a podcast. You can enjoy it whenever you can. Quick something I wanted to mention before I get into the subject matter of the day here. I got a text last night from one of our own pl- or, uh, old platoon sergeants from my unit. It's a guy named Alex, and I'm pretty sure he's living out in western Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he just went through some difficult times with his family. But anyway, he is part of the reunion committee for our unit. And the reason that he reached out to me is that they want to discuss coming to Philadelphia next year, possibly for the Marine Corps Navy birthday celebration here in Philadelphia. The, the, the reunion, uh, the, 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 the birthday is going to be epic. I'm pretty sure that much is out of my hands. And uh, the reunion would be epic as well for them to come here and spend that time with me. It would be amazing. It really would. I, I'll tell you what. I just want to tell you a little bit about how much time it means to me to spend with uh, how much the time with my alpha battery brothers means to me. It's time that I, I literally cherish the, um, um, the moments. And I think part of it is, I think there's more than one reason and it's probably not the same for, for everybody that, that, that gets together and not everybody gets together all the time, of course. And, and by the way, you'll hear me say this more than once, but I can't recommend for veterans enough getting together with the guys that you served with. Now, that's not always going to be a good thing either. There's, you know, the underbelly of, of life can be a little bit messy, I understand. But why, why do we enjoy these gatherings so much? And I think that part of it is because we don't relate well to others. We don't relate well to most civilians. That isn't always the case, of course. But in most cases, we don't because we can't. Because we can't. Uh, I'll give you a little example, a little tiny example. Everybody getting all worked up about the weather all the time. I say, wah, get over it. It gets cold, it gets hot, it gets wet, it gets windy, it gets dry. You have to prepare for these things, plain and simple. It's called life. But I don't know. We don't like drama. Look at the drama just around the weather. I could go on and on about this, but I don't think you need to hear me telling you all the things that I don't like, really, do you? <laughs> we don't like stupid. <laughs> There's an awful lot of that going around lately. I don't know if you've noticed. That's why I mostly stay at home these days. I know some of you are saying, yeah, you sound like you're part of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it later. But anyway, 
just to give you an example at uh, what I'm talking about with relating to the guys. We were down at one of the reunions, and one of the wives, I think it was down in Kansas City for my buddy Matt's wedding. And uh, one of the wives said to me, she says, are you always like this? No, because I can't be myself, my genuine self around anybody else. Nobody else can tolerate it. Speaking of which, my brother Matt, he's another one. Talk about intolerable. <laughs> I always get stuck with him. What does that tell you? But anyway, that's why I love my Alpha Battery brothers. Amazing men, every one of them. Amazing Marines. And they might be coming to Philadelphia. And if they do, I'm going to tell you something right now. And if you're in Philadelphia, you better listen to me loud and clear on this when I say this. If you are in the vicinity of Philadelphia, you better listen to this and share this. Alpha Battery comes to Philadelphia. Philadelphia will never be the same. So just get ready. Just get ready. That's all. I'll give you fair warning. How's that? That's about the best I think I can do. The show yesterday, if you don't know, was called War Pigs. Today's the second segment of War Pigs, a continuation of the radio show, which is my intention mainly to do with the podcast, although the podcast won't, doesn't have to be limited to that. We can press record and do whatever we want. Pretty amazing little thing there. Quite free, don't you think? Anyway, yesterday the topic was War Pigs, and the, the central subject of that was my favorite photo from the time to put. I don't know if the word favorite would be the best way to say that. Maybe my most cherished photo, although there's a few of those that I have, really. Quite a few, actually. All of them, at some level. Anyway, the podcast isn't about telling the story again, but I do want to add a few details surrounding that, that story uh, that maybe we didn't get to yesterday. So I'm not going to tell you the, the story of the photo itself, but quite a few things going on around that time, around that theme of the oil well fires. And I just made a couple of notes after I went back and listened to the radio show. I hope you don't mind me tooting my own horn. That's some doggone good radio. I hope you're spreading the word. But anyway, I made some notes of some things that I thought I could have said that I didn't, which was fine. We didn't have time anyway. We filled up the hour, obviously. But one of the things I wanted to mention, if you ever saw the movie Jarhead, which I did not, but I did see this clip, there's a scene where there's a horse I don't know how they ended up with a horse instead of a camel, but there was a horse. There was a horse standing in the oil well fires. The sky is black. There's this big orange torch. And the, the horse is just soaked in oil and standing there completely. You can just feel the misery of the horse. Head down, just stinking. Everything just coated in oil everywhere you could see. This thick black smoke belching out and the, the fire and the sound of it. It's just evil. Felt evil. Felt plainly evil to me. What is evil? It's an interesting spiritual question. Not to get religious with you. But this, I heard this. It sounded, sounded sensible to me. So if God created everything, how did God create hell? So God didn't create hell. Hell is the absence of God. Hmm, interesting. I guess if you're going to have a theological argument, you could say, well, why does God allow it? But let's not go there right now. Evil, the absence of God, I'm going to tell you, I did not, I did not feel very holy standing there in that oil well fire. Let me just put it to you that way. And um, anyway, talk about a, a chapter out of my life. The book, I read the book, Jarhead. Was it Jarhead? Yeah, Jarhead. I read the book, 
It was like a chapter out of my life. I couldn't put it down. I read it on, on one plane trip from beginning to end. I'm thinking, I, it was, I think I was going on vacation or something. I don't really remember. I just remember, like, I need to have this done by the time I get off this plane. This is amazing. And I'm going to tell you something. Many people are going to say the same thing about my new book, Victory Over Chaos. I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you are. There's not a, uh, you could open any page of that book. It'll speak to you in some way. Jarhead became a movie. Maybe Victory Over Chaos will, too. I kid you not. The plot is, is worthy of it. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll do an indie film. I can't afford to do it right now. Does anybody want to sponsor that? Anybody want to sponsor the Victory Over Chaos movie? Maybe you'd like to read the book first. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, aren't I? Well, think about it. Get back to me. Back to the oil well fires. The VA on their website acknowledges the uh, existence of these oil well fires and the fact that some, me included, were exposed to these. But the good news is they say that there's no known health implications. So no need really to be concerned there. All these studies that we do, all these studies that you hear about, all these studies that our government funds, why don't they do some on uh, the exposure to the oil well fires. Well, they did. They did. Burn pits as well. Of course, they never find anything. They're not supposed to. That's really the point of it, right? Well, we did a study. We didn't find anything. Oh, we're just making it up that, then. Anyway, we lived like that in that oil well, uh, that oil field for a while. It wasn't just that photo that I described. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like a one-day event. I described in the photo, the sky is black. It's daytime. And when I say black... Darkroom black, if anybody remember, There you go, absence of light. It was raining oil. I tell, talk about this in the book. It was like it is like red, I guess, this crude oil. And I woke up one morning. I was sleeping in the cab of my truck or whatever time it was. I didn't even know I got you in a little sleep in between fire missions. And I wake up, and there's blood on the windshield. Looked like blood. It's oil, raining oil, literally. Cold, dark, about as depressing as it gets. Probably the hardest psychological experiment I ever went through. That's what I wanted to tell you. The misery of the horse I could completely relate to. That time in there, I couldn't wait to get the heck out. And I think that's a big reason why the photo means so much to me. That's why it was so important. It's so symbolic of that. That photo was taken on the day that the ceasefire was announced. Some of the guys are smiling. I wasn't smiling. But I was uh, happy to see that it came to an end. And it didn't really come to an end, though. Not really. There was more fighting. I don't remember the details, but there were still Army units there who were still fighting. Uh, We were still doing some limited fire missions. Still, security was a big issue. And there was a lot to do before we pulled out of there. Uh, We didn't get stuck doing some of the things that the the Marines in Kabul got stuck with. But we had our own uh, dirty jobs we had to do, that's for sure. I spoke yesterday about the whistleblower, Ted Macy. And by now you know my feelings about this. I've mentioned his name a couple of times and referenced the whole whistleblower issue a couple of times. But I do want to add a little more information for you to consider. In 2018, which was the most current information I could find, a single GAO study on whistleblowers, Government Accountability Office. This isn't me. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is from the government's own doggone information. I'm not sure what prompted it, but on one occasion back in 2018, they sure did do a study on whistleblowers. You know what they found? 12,000 cases in one year. You know what else they found? Whistleblowers. Not being protected. 
Remember what I said. This is the GAO saying this, not me, not veterans. We talked about it on the show. Action as a result of this report? None. Not one doggone thing. What does that tell you? What, that it's not a prayer? Well, it's just probably not important to them. I don't know. Maybe we should follow the money, as they say. Why don't we talk about that? Which brings me to something else that we talked about on the radio show, and that is John McCain. He's called the hero in some circles, a rich hero, a POW, a rich POW. Now, you don't see that every day, as a matter of fact. And as a matter of fact, I did a search of famous POWs, because I don't think you could do a credible search of wealthy POWs. And the only other name that I found as being a famous POW, the only other name that I found that I recognized was Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill was a POW, not even American, though. So then I'm, I'm going down this list, and I'm looking at this list of POWs. And what is it that made John McCain so special that his wife would be worth over $100 million? Not him, just not poor little John McCain, the Navy veteran. No, not him. His wife has all the, all the money. And if you listened yesterday, she enjoys some pretty special access in political circles. Ain't that funny? Hey, I'm going down this list, and I, and I see this list of famous POWs, and I see this name, John Rarick. But that's not what, what caught my attention. It was the fact that he was a um, four-term representative from Louisiana, which my brother Lee is from Louisiana. Talk about fighting with the VA, by the way. I'd like to get him on here sometime to talk about that. Well, his father served in the Louisiana Senate and the House of Representatives two terms each, I believe. So this caught my eye. I said, well, let me see what this POW John Rarick is all about, the Democrat from Louisiana, but that's his business. During World War II, Rarick fought in the Battle of the Bulge, captured by the Germans and held prisoner of war. There you have it, another politician, POW. At the state level now, no John McCain. In recognition of a service during the war, Rarick was awarded the Bronze Star and, ordered, and uh, earned a Purple Heart. Now, I have to say... Um, I was a little skeptical of all this. And, you know, one uh, did we talk about it in the book? I believe we do. We do. I'll save it for the book, my save-around talk. Just to say this, the whole point of the book, we weren't going to get captured, not alive anyway. But Rarick did, John McCain did, and Rarick did, and others do as well. I'm just saying I'm a little leery of POWs, that's all I'm saying. It's not how we fought. Anyway, I dug a little deeper, and I come to find out that this guy Rarick was a lawyer and a judge and a politician. Not your typical Army frontline fighter that would become a POW. I was kind of skeptical of the whole thing, including McCain, but then I found out that Rarick later escaped. So maybe he was a fighter. I don't know. There's really no information about it. Maybe the Bronze Star citation, but I didn't look. But for the case of John Rarick, I couldn't find any wealth information or any involvement in appropriations the way that John McCain was. Although Rarick has an interesting history of his own, if anybody knows. I'm not vouching for John Rarick. I don't really know. Just speaking to his military uh, involvement, POW status, and wealth. Other than John McCain, I really can't find any other similar stories. John McCain became wealthy from being a POW. All right. Maybe I'm wrong about that. The fact is that he was a POW. He got hurt. And he got hurt pretty bad, to be fair. And I respect all that. I really do. I completely respect it. But what happened after he got out? What happened then? 
I didn't, I didn't see much of anything that he did for the military or the veterans. Spoke up, did nothing. I'm probably wrong about that. I'm sure he did things, but I never really took account of it. To put this in context for you, I am aware of things that President Obama did for the military, but not John McCain. I know that John, John McCain funded the military-industrial complex. Well-funded indeed. Well-funded indeed. All while he never cared to visit the Phoenix VA. I didn't fact-check that, but not that I'm aware of. Never went down to the Phoenix VA. Never spoke out about it. Never used his office's influence to get anything done. Never, never uh, used his name to get anything done. Even just his presence there. He never had to step foot there, like many other probably POWs, in a place in the Phoenix VA where it's reported thousands of veterans died due to the problems there. So you'll have to forgive me if it's a little bit hard for me to respect John McCain. I have none, actually. And it is entirely political because he made it political, not me. I didn't get rich off my military service. And I don't ignore my brothers, just the opposite. Especially when I have brothers who can't get the VA support that the way that they should. And I'm going to be upfront with you. You know, as veterans, I think we get a lot of benefits. I really do. And I'm grateful for it. It's not good to be a pig. And I'm grateful. I'm just telling you that. I don't talk about the VA home loan. I bought my first home and my current home with a VA home loan. It's a fantastic benefit. We'll be By the time you hear this, we'll be talking about it again. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for those benefits. I told my son, I said, if you qualify for it, take it. He's active duty Air Force. He's got a little over a year left. He's going to be getting out. It's what we call getting short. Well, he's not short. He's over six foot five. He's about as tall as me. Not quite, just a little bit shorter. <laughs> anyway, he called me and told me this is a special program. They're going to extend his GI Bill benefits that essentially he'll be able to get his master's degree paid for with room and board costs covered for two years. And I said, take it, go. All that to say that the military has been good to our family. It's true. But there are holes in the system. And some people suffer as a result of it. And they suffer dearly. Can't work, can't make money, and can't get any help. We need to work to fix those holes. And I'm going to tell you the reason that I keep talking about it. And it's, it's part of our mission here. Being able to speak up about it is of the utmost importance. If, if people on the inside aren't heard, meaning the whistleblowers, the people working in these places, if they're not going to be heard, how are we ever going to get a fair voice? Never going to happen. Well, luckily, we don't need to rely on John McCain. We can use others as an example. Lieutenant Macy, 20 years in the military, enlisted, became an officer, career destroyed. Hopefully, he at least gets his retirement. Lieutenant Colonel Scheller and, and 12,000 others who did speak up. I don't want this to become a political project. I mean that. But one reason that I say sign up for the email is that we can get this changed. We can get this changed to get these whistleblowers the proper protection. The taxpayers then have the protection. Forget about the whistleblowers. For the taxpayers, us, for the country. We need to know what's going on, especially in our military spending. Well, we can get it changed. We have the power to do it if we work together. I know it sounds like a grandiose, idealistic dream, but we're never going to do it if we don't work together, and I need your support. Your email, sponsors, sharing this podcast, sharing the radio show, signing up for the email list. Another way, people say to me, hey, what can we do? And I know it's a little early 
for sponsorships yet. We'll get up to all that and see how it all pans out. But we do need financial support. One of the best ways that you can do that right now, simply go to projectchaos.org, take a look at some of my books, and uh, purchase a book. Victory Over Chaos will be available probably by the time you're listening to this. That'll be number four. All of them available on Audible, by the way. I'll tell you the story real quickly. I have another podcast I've been doing for six years. Did that under a pen name, my full name, Christopher Scott Kunkel. I did that work under Christopher Scott. In the course of doing that podcast, I was reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. Kind of offer it as material on the podcast. This happened to do with that theme. I get into reading this thing, and it's written in Old English, and I decided to start translating it into modern English, basically so I could understand it. And as I started writing, I said, you know, there are people who might be interested in this. I thought somebody has to have done this already, but they hadn't. It took me quite a few months to go through that, and I translated. That was my first book, Common Sense in Modern English. It's a fantastic read. Every young person, every veteran, every military, it should be required reading, quite frankly. You want to go read the old English version, it's available free online. Mine's not available free, but I'll tell you what, it reads a lot better. And I, and I get a little bit of criticism, not much. The reviews on it are great. Um, but people say, well, I didn't mean to read I'll just read it in the old English. All right. I mean, I couldn't read it that way. But it's available free if you want to. From there, I finished that book. People started, what is common sense anyway? I thought about it, and I looked into it, and you couldn't find an answer. So I wrote a book about that too. What is common sense and how to get it, even if you don't know what it is? Then I wrote a motivational book, Be the Lion. Hadn't sold very well, but it did influence my son positively. For that reason, I would say it was worth the effort. And I think it will sell well, especially as this podcast takes off. Be the Lion, great book for young people, young men especially, but young people in general. But not even just limited to that. You want to create better habits? Be the Lion. It's called The Secret to Massive Accomplishment. But it's very rich. And then Victory Over Chaos. U.S. Marines Battle at Kafchi. I'm going to say just get all four books. I bet you would enjoy all four of them. All the reviews are great. Anyway, let me tell you why this is all so important before I let you go. In a time now where ease and safety seem to be crowned as king, if not money, the pursuit of money, the true price of freedom is often forgotten. We tend to forget that the freedoms that we relish today are gifts that have been paid for over and over again by many people over many years who cared about legacy, that paid with their blood, that paid with their sweat, that paid with their tears, people that came before us, that cared enough. And just remember that the hurdles that we see today, that they've been in front of people before, and the the unwavering determination of our nation's warriors can inspire us. These stories inspire us. Their sacrifices can serve as a constant reminder of our duty to safeguard and promote the values that they fought for. It was so important to them that they were willing to sacrifice so much. Should we not at least give it a little bit of attention? We should never forget that freedom is like a fragile little bird can easily escape our grasp if it's not protected with relentless vigilance. And look at what's going on today. I was at a, um, I was at a dinner at the head table And I sat next to Mike Flynn, General Mike Flynn, and he talked about this. He said, we better be careful. Nation states do fail. Today it might be somebody else on the forefront, but tomorrow it could be us. Today it's Venezuela or Gaza or wherever else, Ukraine. Tomorrow it could be us. 
And the answer to that is that we must remain united, ready to protect the freedoms that we treasure. And if we don't, the answer to that is that the cost is going to be borne by our children, by our grandchildren, and by the future generations of this country. I'll say this, here's to the war pigs, to the warriors of the past and present, to the fearless and the audacious. Let's honor them, not just with our words, but the legacy that we leave and how well we take care of our current military. It's our responsibility to ensure that this narrative is our narrative, is one that reflects the bravery, the tenacity, and the unyielding dedication that we fight for in this cause of freedom. I hope to see you back on Monday at 1600 for the live show. And of course, we live stream it. Just go to projectchaos.org. I hope to see you there. Make it a great day.